Welcome to the Run the Whites podcast. This episode, I'm excited to have on race director and ultra runner and bartender Tom Hooper to talk about race directing in COVID times. He successfully just held the Ragged Stage Race, which is a three-day, 75-mile event down in I guess, central New Hampshire in the Sunapee Ragged um, Kearsarge Greenway. So it's great to chat with him. Uh, skip ahead and you can hear that full interview. Other notes with the uh, things going on with Run the Whites, our events, business. Um, we have our final Friday Night Vertical event, number 13, coming up this weekend. And we're excited to wrap up a great summer series. It's definitely been a lot of fun having um, having having a low-key event with Parking Lot Pizza, good turnover each week if you haven't had a chance to make one of those events well sorry they're going to be done probably by the time you hear this and we're going to have more things going on this fall um to see we'll see what makes sense but we'd still like to do our blackout mountain race i need to work on some logistics about that but uh i just came back from my 100 mile attempt in the at last week that was uh that was something else. I ended up um, g- getting pretty beat down after that first day. I did 50 miles in about 15 and a half hours, which I thought was really good pace, but it was so humid and I probably stressed my system out a little too much. Um, I hadn't put in a huge day to really harden up the legs. So I think in hindsight, I was a little underprepared. The weather was more challenging than I anticipated. And, uh, you just, some, sometimes you just have your window to do these things and you got to go for it. And I put myself in that position where I wanted to be strong in September. Um, I might go give the long trail and effort unsupported to see how fast I can do that. So I was like, well, mid early August, if I can get in a big effort here in the whites, then, uh, I'll be recovered by the time mid-September rolls around and I don't really regret it I worked super hard to get 85 miles done I, I could have done that the last 20 but it just would have been really really slow and at that point it just becomes a through hike and probably would have done more damage to my body than uh, would have made sense so I'll leave that one out there for another day I'd actually like to get an organized underground event where we have aid stations at all the the prominent notches so at kinsman notch franconia notch crawford notch and pinkham notch and then make it more inclusive to invite others that might want to attempt something like this but have a support system in check so that uh, you can take care of everything you need to because the unsupported self-care aspect of it it's pretty slow going when you have to stop and make adjustments and carry all your gear and worry about having enough gear on you at all times so that definitely adds a different element to it. That would be next fall, potentially not going to happen this year. I will, um, if anyone's interested in participating in something like this, just ping me and I'll start making a little list and it would be, it'd probably be something we do in, um, the later season, just when the temps are a little bit cooler and the trails aren't as crazy. It was super busy out there. Not much else to report. Enjoy this episode, and we'll get another one going. Um, I got a couple more guests lined up, so I'm trying to be a little more regular with these, but 
I'm psyched to get this one out and enjoy. All right. Welcome, Tom Hooper, to this week's episode for the Run the Whites podcast. Tom Hooper is best known as the the founder of 603 Endurance, but he's also an ultra runner himself and bartender, wears a few different hats, and it's great to have him on, especially given that uh, I got some questions for him, given race directing um, during these COVID times, and then also just to hear his plans coming up in the future and just talk about what we're seeing here for the East Coast running scene. Welcome, Tom. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so let's start quickly. Your your background. Talk about um, how, why you started six hundred three, what it is, and what you guys do. Yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't really planned. It was uh, out of a a lack lack of there. There was you know there's nothing to do. Um, so we were on a triathlon team. We weren't super happy with it, um, and it wasn't really going in the direction we wanted to go. And so we just started, started our own. Um, we thought it would be about 10 people drinking beers after a race and it just exploded. Um, next thing we knew we had 600 members, um, from swim, bike, run, snowshoe race. Um, you know, we do it. So it's, uh, it just kind of organically grew. And what weren't you happy with for the other run clubs, tri clubs? Um, they weren't training together. They weren't hanging out socially. Um, it was basically you, you know, you wore a kit, but you, uh, you didn't know the people on your team. That wasn't like a part of a thing. Um, at that point I was, you know, working six days a week. I had Sundays off, I'd race. Um, some of these guys would race, take their prize money and go home. Um, we wanted a little more, you know, hang out afterwards. Um, yeah, it was more of a, more of a social calling than anything afterwards. And then those early years, how many members did you get that first year and where are you guys at now? Yeah, we bought, uh, we bought 24, sorry, we bought 12 hats, 12 shirts. We sold out in 24 hours. Um, so we, <laughs> it, it just happened real quick. And then in the first year, I think we ended up with around 65 members and then it, then it just exploded after that. And then also you, you started hosting events. So you didn't only just go from this run tri sports club, you, you started to host your own events and yeah. take on and adopt others that um, got abandoned. Correct. Yeah. We, uh, so it, it first started off with, um, with Summerfest in Dover. We, uh, we thought, we you know, we could, we could do this. We've, we've been doing enough races. We get what the scene is. Um, we understand the logistics of it. So as a group, we decided we'd, uh, we'd give it a whirl and it, and it went off pretty smoothly. So then we just kind of expanded a little bit and, thought all right well let's you know we're running a lot more trails now let's give it give it a whirl to a to the trail run and then we had some races that we had run with the the rd one of our one of the rds passed away um and then we took that one over and then uh we had another trail race that the, the rd no longer wanted to do it so we took that one over and uh and yeah that's pretty much where we're at now it's quite, it's quite the path that you took <laughs> creating, creating something out of thin air in a way where you weren't happy with what you were seeing, everything from the participant side to the race director side. And you definitely capitalized on, on something special. I think what you do 
is you make it really inclusive and that you, you build that community aspect. You've got the pub runs that are happening. You're hosting an event almost every month of the, the year. Correct. Yeah. And, yeah, and then you, I mean, with the yeah. pub runs, pub runs, I mean, we have, we have weekly pub runs, um, in 13 different cities. So, I mean, and you know, we, it, they range from, you know, five people to a hundred people, you know, the Portsmouth Dover ones get pretty large. Um, and then the, you know, some of the other ones are, are smaller, but they're super tight knit. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to see these guys all, all, all kind of band together. It's great. And every, both ends of the spectrum, you've got some of the best athletes in the region, in the U S mm-hmm. and then you got just some never evers that are looking for looking just to get started. Yeah. Um, 100%. Um, you know, you, we all basically started at the, at the, you know, mid to back. And then it's all of a sudden, you know, it's basically seeing how far you can push your body, you know? So everybody started with the five K's and, you know, all right, well, how many five K's can you run a year? <laughs> so then it kind of, all right, let's half marathons, marathons. All right. Well, now we've done, you know, 40 marathons and then it kind of got into to trails and how far you can do with that. And then it's, then it's, uh, you know, it just gets addictive with the 50 K 50 miler, hundred miler, you know, stage races. And it's just, it, there's no end to, to where it goes. So I think that all those people that this is almost to a, you know, to a fault, we've taken all those five Kers and now they're, they're, they're doing bigger stuff where five Ks are struggling. I know five K, road races are, are really struggling to pull in numbers, but it's a lot, a lot because we, everybody's grown, you know, to, to where they're doing larger, larger distance. It seems like the amount of events you can hop in, people are looking for trail 5k, 10k's now too. So it's not just, you know, the distance, but it's also the surface. And I mean, we see it up here with the, just doing the verticals. It's more fun to do, to get off off the road and, and challenge yourself with the different train. Totally. Yeah. So totally agree. I really want to, I really want to dive into the ragged stage race. You took that on. That was the Emerald necklace at one point and it took a year off or two years off. And then this was, um, it's pretty unique to have a stage race. It's something that we don't see here on the East coast very much. Um, but it's a really, it is, a marquee event. So just talk a little bit about how you would, how that fell into your lap, adopting that, what sort of logistic hurdles do you have to tend like deal with on, on that front? And then let's talk about this year's race and how, you know, in a race, a year of canceled races, how you were able to get this one uh, up and running. Yeah. All right. So start with the history of it. So Emil necklace, we, you know, I ran it in 2014, it's first year. Um, unbelievable race, you know, when you spend three days with, with, you know, 25, 30 people doing something as hard as that, you know, you really become really good friends. Um, two weeks later, the RD, you know, at 34 years old passed away. Um, his buddy took it over for a year. Um, I'm not sure if it went as smoothly as, as they, the, the, they wanted it to, um, there was a year off and then the people from the Greenway asked uh, 603 to take it over, so we did. Um, we added in a 50K, which now in 2018 was the U.S. National Champs, but it was supposed to be the U.S. National Champs into 2020. Due to COVID, uh, we were we were not able to do that. We weren't able to meet, meet the requirements of the USATF. 
Um, they wanted lots of temperature checks. Um, due to us busing people in for the 50K, we couldn't meet you know, the social distance guidelines. And then USATF just basically canceled all of their championships. So it just, it worked out in the grand scheme of things to, uh, to make this just the stage race. Um, we worked with uh, John Mortimer of Millennium Running on the task force for the state of New Hampshire to get running back up and running. Um, basically they used ragged because it has such a small number of people as the guinea pig for the state. Um, so we, we had to, to kind of sit down and say, all right, how can we get this race off safely? Um, starting line, bibs, registration, all that good stuff. So we came up with a plan of one, there's no, normally we have a, a Thursday night pre-race meeting where we go over all the ins and outs, we give them their gear, um, you know, their swag, all that good stuff. Um, we give them their bibs. Um, we did everything a little bit different this year. We mailed everything to them um, the week before, the maps, all that good stuff. Um, when they got there in that morning, um, all they did was check in. They, they went to, to one person, said that they were here, they threw their gear in the U-Haul, um, and then we, we basically put cones on the ground that corresponded with their, their bibs. Um, so for 40 people, they, uh, they all lined up and, uh, and then they went off. Um, aid stations looked a little different this year. Um, they weren't able to touch the aid stations. They'd come into the aid stations, the volunteers, gloves, masks, sanitizer. Um, they basically had to verbally tell them what they wanted. And they, and then the, uh, the volunteers handed them what they needed. Um, same thing with the finish line, not a huge party, not, not as much as it had been in the, in the previous years. Um, no spectators really. It, uh, it, it definitely had a different feel, but it was great to, to finally get racing back in New Hampshire. I bet. I mean, I, I can imagine that the extra work that it takes to, to do all this stuff, you're talking about mailing out everything and and the aid fees, the, yeah the <laughs> yeah. money the money the money that we had to put up to i mean you know hundreds and hundreds of dollars extra just to pay for bibs to be mailed to buy everything individually packaged you know 260 pickles in a bag <laughs> you know it's the, the money was ridiculous that you you know individually uncrustables every peanut butter jelly sandwich had to be individually wrapped um and yeah the, the it was not a a wise investment in, in doing it, but it was, it was worth every, every penny just to have it back as a, as a race. And for an event that your FAQ, like nonsense for a race like this, when you normally, when you normally run the 50 K as an individual race too, it's like, you have to manage so many different things to make an event like this happen. And now you're adding in all these restrictions or guidelines. And I'm sure that mm -hmm. just added on, but fortunately this was your, fourth or fifth was this your fourth or fifth year 2017 we started it yeah we took yeah, it so over your fourth or... yeah this was your fourth yeah. time hosting the stage race so at least you had that under control and you just had to add on the guideline aspect to it yeah if we had brought the 50kers in it would have been way way too much i mean that that morning of when the 50kers are bust in 250kers are bust in that's that's pretty hectic as it is to get 200 people to social distance at, at 6 a.m., uh, taking their temperatures, it would have been a nightmare. So it, it was the right call not to do that. It, it, I think it, I think everybody understood. 
And then what was the what was the debrief on the event as far as all those guidelines? It, and was it did it feel like it was too much overkill? Would you do it again? Were you happy? What what stuff would you change? Yeah, on Monday morning when it was over, I mean, it was it was super smooth. Yeah, we couldn't believe it. You know, normally we have a you know a notebook of taking notes of what needs to change, what doesn't need to change, what went well, and uh, and we 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 did a really good job. Like it, it, I've gotten so many emails since the race that the from every every participant just saying this that was super smooth. There was not not a whole lot that that needed to be changed. Um, we had a couple of rec- recommendations that maybe, you know, even if we didn't want to spend the money, have just drop bags at aid stations. Um, that, that was basically it. The rest of it, I mean, from logistically, when you come into, we build these little, these little camps. So we build, you know, showers we bring in porta potties into the middle of nowhere. We, you know, we have, you know, we had almost 300 gallons of water we brought in. So all these things, you know, we had prepared to build small cities. Um, and it, it worked, it worked really well. Um, yeah, and we should have, should have been part of the, uh, army, army Corps of engineers. <laughs> That's cool. It's good to hear. And the feedback means a lot. So, um, congrats for putting on such a good event. Well, let's, yeah, let's thanks. chat about the storylines of the event. I saw, um, you got some course records. It looked like there was battle battle for the podium at least on the guy's side i don't know what happened on the woman's side but how as far as event conditions and the actual racing part people making cutoffs and give me some some um a little bit of recap on that end yeah um so stage racing i don't think for the top guys and top women i don't think any of them had done a stage race before and it's a completely different beast you know where you go into a hundred miler you know, you're going slow and steady the whole time with this, with a stage race, it's more so, you know, you're running 23 to 35 miles a day. You have to put in that extra effort. And then it's, it's more so what you're doing on your downtime. Um, what are you eating? You know, are your legs up, you know, while you're sleeping, what it, it all, whatever, you know, little idiosyncrasies you do after a race, but you have to do it three days in a row. I mean, when you wake up on that third day, you're sore. You're really sore. Um, so to see these guys that had not done a stage race, give it, give it everything they had. I mean, they were running super fast. Um, I mean, Brandon Newbold, I mean, he's, he's a machine, um, every day hobbling around the campsite, looking like he wasn't going to go again. And then (laughs) the next morning he is, he's ready to go. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's a beast. So I'm looking at the specs on the race. So stage one, 22 miles with 4,900 feet of climbing. Stage yep. two, 25 miles with 4,300, 4,400 feet of climbing. Stage three, 33 asterisk miles, 6,300 yeah. feet of climbing. So it's like we use the word ish, ish a lot at this race. So everything's a ish, close, close ish. 23 ish, 25 ish, 33 ish. That's a hard, Um, that is a hard 23. Yeah, it is. And I think that that elevation depends on what watch you're looking at. I think, uh, I think you're somewhere between 15 and 16,000 feet throughout the whole thing. So, I mean, you're doing Leadville style elevation in 20 less miles of a hundred miler. So it's, 
and and it's you know it it's it's sneaky it's not in the white mountains it's not in in the rockies you're in you're, you're in southern new hampshire so i think that people don't understand that you can get that elevation and this is the sunapee ragged kearsarge greenway yeah. it's beautiful trail it's a it's mix of everything you've got technical as technical trail as you'd find up here in the whites mixed with like beautiful carriage road you even have pavement dirt roads it's uh you know the funny thing is is that you had to deal with a hurricane that came through right <laughs> before this and yeah the Tuesday always, before and you're always telling me how fun it is to mark the course <laughs> and you put up these triangle these white reflectors um and you've put up thousands of those i think over the past few years yeah we've had another 1500 our first year in 2014 when we ran it there there were not very many blazers you'd go a mile or two without any confidence markers nothing you just had to navigate so we in the last couple of years we've gone in and the trails look much better than they did we've we've cleared so much trails you know the guys that live out there um andy hagar charlie bellman uh, Chris Namey, they they just crush it out there. They go out with weed whackers and chainsaws, and they they make those because nobody uses this this trail system. It's such a beautiful beautiful trail system, and nobody uses it because it doesn't have white mountains in front of it. It's 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 so neglected. So it's uh, it's 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 really cool. And they they did some last year. Remember, they did some logging on some of that trail too, and. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it still happens. So they, they out there, they, they clear cut a lot of slu- stuff and it's, it's a lot of slash and burn. It's not, it's not a, it's not nice, neat logging. It, they just go through there and they just crush it. I'm not, I'm not sure why I'm not sure. I, it's, it's not for, it, it's for money is basically what it is. I mean, they're just, they're just taking the largest trees and crushing everything else. It's, it's, it's not ideal. And they do it on a whim too. It's not like we get a whole lot of notice on it. Uh, so we have to put in rewrotes every year. Um, but we, uh, you know, we, we do what we can. We, we work with it. It's not one of those ongoing challenges that, yeah, you'll never be ahead of it. There's, there'll always never. be stuff because especially people getting lost is your nightmare on a, mm-hmm. on a stage race. You know, you're looking for everyone, looking out for everyone's safety and well-being and, you want to keep everyone positive and happy. And if someone makes a wrong turn because you don't, didn't have the course adequately marked, that's a really, that's pretty frustrating because you always think that you're doing the best job, but there's always going to be someone that makes a wrong turn. So who made the wrong turn this year? Oh, there was a group of three on the second day. Um, and it was, it was in town. It was just a, a telephone pole that had a, had a, a blaze that was turned a little bit too, too much to the right. Um, they were within a quarter mile of the, of the finish line. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Right downtown Sunapee. So that was state that was on day two or three. Yeah. Day, day two. Yeah. Day two, day three, nothing, nothing. Nobody got lost. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. I mean, like I said, there's always going to be someone that gets, that gets lost. It's just the nature of it. The lucky part about this is it's it's a loop and it's marked both directions. So if you ever really get turned around, you can just turn around. There should be a blaze in both directions. So it's it, it it's unless it's a an intersection, there's there's a, a good chance you'll you'll be in eyesight of a marker front or back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you get that anxiety if you don't see a 
a marker mm-hmm. for like a minute, you start to like, yeah. you know, if you feel like any sense that you're off trail, you start to freak out. Yep, totally. So any other highlights from this race that you want to, any other shout outs? I mean, I know, again, you've got a, a army of volunteers to make an, an event like this happen. So a big, big thanks to any anyone that's interested in this race should go and put in some time. It's also, if you like, if you're into the ultra running world, you get to see it firsthand when you're volunteering. And then it's just good karma to, to give back to events that um, are doing th- something different or, you know, I think... Um, if you want to do ultras down the road, it's like, you got to do a little bit of both. You got to put some volunteer time in and then kind of like balance out, you know, you can't race ultras every month, but you can certainly put your volunteer time in. Yeah, hundred percent. And we can't do these races without the volunteers. I mean, it's, it's funny. It's always, you know, most of the time it's the same faces that are always volunteering. You know, they, they, they care about the sport. I mean, you can't do the sport without it. So it's um it's great to see those guys care that much well let's move on then let's talk um let's talk about what you got coming up because you i know you you want to get a plug in here for the beast of the east yeah uh, another another race we took over um yeah north conway september 20th kismet cliff run um it's it's a whole whole world of hurt 6300 feet of vertical in your half marathon um, I mean, you, you live up there, you know, the terrain it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really technical. It's, it hurts. It's a great one. That's September again, September 20th. It's, you can do a, the shorter loop, the five miler or the half marathon. And you know, you're going to be going up over cathedral ledge, white horse ledge, middle moat, North moat looping around. Um, really technical terrain, st- some steep climbs, some steep descents. It's uh, this was like the first real trail race in the whites sanctioned running race. You know, we've had the Tuckerman Inferno and then the Rockhopper races come after this, but this was something that you inherited. It has a pretty pretty nice history to it. I've had a chance to run it once, um, and you've had some very fast people throw down on this. Uh, yeah, two years I mean, ago. Yeah, yeah when, when you had yeah. Sinclair, Hamill. Um, yeah, I'm looking at some other. Names. Nobody has nobody has ever broken two hours for the half marathon. Rightfully, so that's so. still that's still out there. Like I, I, I feel like it could be done, but it's it's going to take some serious work. What do you? What's the what's the prize purse for breaking? I we talked about that. You know, this year has been a kind of a weird year with sponsors and money and and stuff like that. So I don't think we can throw a huge prize purse at it. But if it doesn't go down this year, next year might have to be the one where we we lay down some cash to see who comes out. You should just be doing skin style every year. Hundred dollars just keeps stack, <laughs> stacking up until someone gets it. Totally. And then I wonder, like, yeah, for the women's for the women's top performance, you got Leslie at Leslie Odell at. 241 so i think like for women two and 230 you got to have a woman's um timeline too there so we keep keep uh keep that in mind but 230 think it's possible oh yeah oh yeah based on what i saw at the ragged the when two years ago was the ragged yeah championships for the 50k trail we saw the woman throw down on that. So, yeah. 
uh, there's definitely elite women that could easily go go sub um, two twenty. Two twenty. Yeah, for sure. Ooh, this may I have mean, to be a side bet. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just think of, I just so I think of my personal performance out there, and I know that there's a lot of women that are faster than me out there. So that's where that's how I'm gauging it. Yeah, I I mean. I think it's more so fear than it is for speed. And when you come off that backside of moat, I mean, that downhill is, whew, I mean, it is straight down. I think if you're going to have to get somebody super fearless to, that wants to break the two hour or two thirty mark. It's doable. I'm putting it out there. <laughs> so where people can sign up, this is all on ultrasignup.com. Yeah. Yep. This, I mean, it, once again, Kismet's going to look a little different too. I mean, we're going to have to go off in waves this year. We'll do waves of 50. Um, same thing with the aid stations. They won't be able to, won't be able to, you know, it's, it, it's no longer a buffet. You can't have gummy bears and watermelon and stuff like that. It doesn't work like that anymore. Um, this is, this is that new normal, right? So aid stations, they're going to have to come in. They're going to have to tell the volunteers what they want. Um, and, and same thing with, with waves, you know, it's, it's going to be 50 people at a time. So the, the person that, that crosses the finish line first may not be the winner. We're going to work. There'll be a 30 minute gap on, on when we can tell who, who won. Which can be pretty frustrating as a competitor, but if you mm -hmm. make sure that you get all the competitive people in that, in that top wave, um, yeah that's the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, I think people are going to have to one, be patient and I don't want to use the word. Uh, how do I say this? I, I think they have to be a little bit grateful that we're just even running. Like all of us just need to be like, Hey, let's, <laughs> this is, this is something new. We're all experiencing it together. Um, let's, let's figure it out as long as everybody can have a little bit of patience with it. And, you know, we're going to try to do the best we can just to get out there and race. Um, we'll learn from it and, uh, and, and see how we can make it better if we have to do this again small price to pay in order to get events off it's it's greatly appreciated i've been seeing it up here at just our little events our friday night vertical and i'm trying to get set up for bubba's backyard ultra where we're facing some of the same stuff that you guys are and and trying to do it in a safe fashion fortunately we're capped at um 30 to 45 people so we're we're trying to figure it out as well to make sure that we're taking all the right precautions so what's next? What's next for Tom? Tom, the ultra runner. You were, you were just chatting <laughs> me up that we should maybe check in in a week or so. What do you got going on? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to keep 2020 a little weird. I'm going to go out and do my first burrow race out in Colorado on Saturday. I'm going to go back to back. I'm doing Saturday and Sunday. Saturday is in Georgetown, Colorado, and then Sunday is Idaho Springs, Colorado. What do you mean back to back? Two different races. Two different burrow races? Yeah. There's, there's more than one. There's been a whole series all summer long. Um, they just, they had the uh, Pikes Peak donkey race. So that's, that's a whole other subject. But uh, so yeah, there's a whole series throughout Colorado. They do, they do borough racing. Um, it started back, you know, all those towns are old mining towns. You'd go out, you'd stake, stake a claim in wherever you wanted this, you know, mine you'd have to run back to town and sign your claim. Well, they bring one donkey with them. And so, so 
two people wanted the same property, they'd race back to town. Whoever got to sign first to the town hall won that property. This is basically how this started. Um, so they do a whole series. A lot of it has been modified this year because of COVID. So it's all been on private property through the mountains. Um, and that's, that's actually what's happening this weekend too. Um, Georgetown and Idaho Springs are on a private property this year where we're just going. We don't even know the course. We don't, we don't really know the mileage. Um, so we'll figure it out, I guess, when we get out there. And now to throw it on, on top of it, uh, there's three wildfires that are surrounding this area. So it could be a little smoky. So explain this. You sign up. They assign you randomly a donkey. Yeah, that was the other part. So, uh, so my friend Brian that I'm going out with, he got assigned Dominic, who just did Pike's Peak, and then I got assigned Jack, who is uh, was was the world championship donkey last year. So I may die. <laughs> and exp- and the courses are how long? Like, what's what are your expectations? Every year is different, um, but uh, this was supposed to be a 50K. I think it's going to be a quarter of that, maybe a half of that. I'm not sure. Um, but it's, you know, 5,000 to 10,000 feet of vert, I think, in, the, in it somehow. We'll see. <laughs> I can't wait to hear more about this one. <laughs> I've, just, I've seen the clips. I've seen the clips on the, on the Solomon TV did a special on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was Ryan Sands and Max King. I think out of everybody in there, I mean, it's not, it's not you running that, that makes the difference really. It's the donkey. Um, I mean, you Max need to King work in a glass. You need yeah. to work with the donkey as a team. Correct. Yep. And then they're notorious to not want to run. So that's, you gotta, you gotta talk nice. <laughs> and let them get their grass and their water breaks and whatever they need. Yep. Yep. Well, it's exciting. Thanks for um, thanks for taking the time to chat today. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Thank you for hosting that uh, your stage race every year. Yeah, um, we're all of us who have participated or volunteered in it um, are grateful that that race is still going. Race directing is one of these like selfless um, activities where it's, you do it for the love of the sport. It's not like the money maker. You're doing it for the community. So thank you for that. For anyone that's looking to compete and race this year, the Beast of the East, the Kismet Cliff Run, again, that's September 20th. Sign up on ultrasignup.com. And we're going to try to get you in Bubba's. I think you're the next one on the wait list. So that's exciting. We just had one one dropout, and um, you you bumped up a spot on the list. But we're still final. We're finalizing our permits so that we know like what makes sense for, for numbers. But I think we're in a good spot to roll in another 10 to 15 people. Perfect. I'm also, in. also on ultra sign up. So if you're looking to volunteer as well, we've got volunteer spots available online. And if you want to get on the wait list, get on the wait list. Cause I'm sure there'll be a few more people that can't make it. Um, happens every year. You know, throw the date out. It's October 3rd, I think. Yeah. That's on my to-do list. Is like I need to I need to get ahead and get start organizing the swag and the all that that fun stuff. Um, we're doing the permits. We're I got to do some trail work. We want to um, potentially add in some new trails, so that's going to be a September project. But that's part of the fun. Is like it's your race. You can sort of make make it how you want to make it. But the the core of it is to have 
um, another really fun event that brings the community together. We got very talented people coming this year, so it's going to go, my bet, it's going to go into the 40 hour range. I don't, you know, and that's the, you don't have to, you can challenge yourself with five laps. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be in it to win it. Um, there's a lot of people that just hit the 50 K mark and they're really excited with that. You know, it's a PR for them. It's just, again, the full spectrum. We, we emulate a lot of what you've done with 603 and we're going to have a great event too. Should be a blast. I'm ready. Right on, Tom. Well, we'll chat soon again. Good luck out with your burrow race. Hope you and Jack get along nicely. I'm looking forward to seeing photos and getting a, a race report from that. But, um, you know, we'll see you at Kismet and uh, at Bubba's, I hope. Cool. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks. Thanks.